16 was kind of magical because it's like there was no expectations. Everything was fresh. Your dad, I think he understands that having a woman would be huge to uh, present to the American people and pick up. I think we always do pretty badly when we start using identity politics to make right. our decisions just to check a box. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's something that actually works. I think it's something that certain people want, but they're probably much more Democrat than, than us. I would be much more in favor of competency uh, rather than checking a box. You know, everything's on the line in this. You see what these people are trying to do to our country. You see what they're doing on a daily basis. You see the lies that you're being fed. You see the suppression of anyone who stands up against that. Uh, you know, that's actually worth fighting for. All right, folks, welcome to the Sean Spicer Show. It is Friday. We've made it through the week and what better place to be. We have a nice, amazing conversation for you. Uh, my guest today is Don Jr. You might've heard of him. His dad was the president and is currently leading the field as the Republican uh, nomination moves forward from Iowa to New Hampshire. Big resounding win in Iowa. Um, I want to get to him, I, I, you know, someone who was there in 2015, 2016, to get Don's impressions about where this thing ranks. And, and obviously beyond Iowa, it's just where does this go forward? What does he think about, um, you know, all these people, all these players? Um, and then, uh, and then the court cases and, and a lot more. So without further ado, uh, you guys, obviously he's president Trump's oldest son. Um, he, uh, is the EVP of the Trump organization. He has done all sorts of business things, which is really cool. And I'm going to ask him about that. I want to find out like he, he now has a, a news aggregating site. He's got a book publishing, uh, deal where they put out winning, winning books, 45, um, Anyway, and he's obviously, big thing, is he is the host of Triggered on Rumble. Without further ado, Don Jr. Hey, so it looks like you, uh, you're you not in New Hampshire, are you? You, uh, you might have <laughs> snuck a day down in, uh, down in Florida. I'll, I'll, I'll be back in New Hampshire, but yeah, I, I actually managed <laughs> to get home for like a couple of minutes. Uh, you know, I, I was going to say, I'm sure what your dad sees is uh, he's going to be like, all right, get back up here. It was, it, he obviously thanked you and Eric uh, profusely uh, and the rest of the team. Let me ask you this. Um, you, you've seen everything since 2015 and your dad first came down the escalator. Where did, um, where did Monday rank? Like in terms of feelings for you, like how did, was it like, okay, that was, you know, if election night 2016 is the highlight, where was winning Iowa that big? It, it always feels good. I, I think the reality is 16 was a different time, right? I mean, yeah. I got to the Iowa caucuses. I didn't know what a caucus was. It was like, you know, <laughs> you know, when they, when they, you, and you know this well. I mean, when they started with Russia collusion, I'm like, like we didn't know how to collude to order a cheeseburger. Good, you know? good. We, I was like, that's pretty sophisticated <laughs> considering how little we actually know. But, uh, you know, we got it done. And so, uh, you know, 16 was kind of magical because it's like there was no yeah. expectations. Everything was fresh. When you're out campaigning in Iowa now in minus 40, you're like, oh, God, I'm doing this again. <laughs> but, but no, it, it's good. I'm just I'm feeling it a lot from the people. A lot of people, I think, you know, they were they were pushed around and manipulated in 20 with the nonsense in the media. Like, you know, they see it. I mean, the last three years have been an abject failure. There's not a metric where we're performing right. well, where wars and this and it never ends and inflation and interest rates and people getting crushed. And they're like. Oh, I get it. So I, I see the way, people that I, were agnostic that, that just haven't been focused on politics actually get involved because they need to and they see what they're losing. You know, I've been ragging on um, on Davos and the World Economic Forum. And then I see this interview the other day, Jamie Dimon 
talking about all the great things that happened under Trump. And I'm like, oh, crap, maybe I better stop bragging on it because he was like, yeah, uh, more people are unemployed. Interest rates were lower. The border was secured. And I'm like, um, yes. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. And I mean, this is someone that they were trying to run. You know, many were trying to push to run against Joe Biden as a Democrat. He was like, no, right. Trump's policies were pretty good. And I mean, and by the way, if they were intellectually honest at all, they'd get into much more detail. But yeah, I definitely didn't have that in my bingo card. Uh, <laughs> week that Jamie Dimon would be like, no, listen, Trump's policies were working. Right. And basically, we're living in a disaster. And I certainly didn't see him. do. Yeah, you could see I think it was MSNBC or you could see him just like. Uh, yeah. These guys are gasping uh, that they would say this because, you know, there, there's no consequence to them in their lives uh, as the Democrat Party destroys our country and everyone's financial well-being. But but there is to real people. And for Jamie Dimon to get that was kind of interesting. All right, guys, most of us know what it's like to be without power, sometimes for an hour, maybe a day, a couple days after a natural disaster, a hurricane, a windstorm, you know, whatever. But now national security experts are warning that our power grid is more vulnerable than ever. And they've identified nine key substations, which if attacked, they're saying we could lose power for months, months. That's why having your own solar power is more important than ever. So I recommend the Patriot Power Generator, which is a solar generator that you don't have to install in your house. It's portable. You can take it with you. You can use it inside your house. And it's powerful enough that if power goes out, we're talking your phones, your tablets, your computers, medical devices, even your refrigerator gets power. So if you go to fourpatriots.com and use code SPICER, you get 10% off your first purchase. It's fourpatriots.com, includes that Patriot power generator. You'll get a uh, that guarantee for a year, free shipping if it's over 97 bucks, and a portion of every sale is donated to charities that support veterans, right? That's great. So go to fourpatriots.com, use code SPICER, for Patriots.com, you do not want to be without power in case something happens. So I want to stay in Iowa just for a little while longer before we, we move on. But um, you talk, I asked you about your feeling organizationally. And I, I remember this. I actually sat down with uh, Corey Lewandowski. I think it was at a Wendy's or a Burger King right next to the Marriott in 2015 talking about the operation. I had been out there for the Iowa State Fair and a couple of times and people kept saying, holy smokes, exponentially, the Trump organization, the Trump ground game this time blows away. When you were out there, what did you see comparatively from, from this time versus last time? Listen, I just think we, we, know, we know how to do this now, right? Like, yeah. like everything else, it's part of why they don't want Trump back in office because you know when you come in with no knowledge, no real connections, no understanding of who's a snake and who's great, who's just telling you what you want to hear and who's genuine, you know, it's just so different. So when you have you know a team that does this, when they've done it in the past, it it makes everything so much easier. So I think you know the the organization, the operation, uh, just so much better. You know, I, I think between Chris Lasavita and Susie Wiles, the team is just uh, it, it's rock solid right now, and and it's it's really good. So they had all these people doing the, the ground game. I saw them, you know, asking people with four by fours to take people. But beyond that, and beyond Iowa, it was funny. There's a quote that I want to read you. Obviously, someone you know very well. This is, it was in the in a Washington Post story. It says the whole macro strategy from the beginning was to bait them, them being um, Haley and DeSantis, to get into fights that were not important, said one of the agitators, Alec Bruzewitz, an online consultant who works with Trump's son, Don Jr., and spent his personal time. It was like they, they, the added element to this campaign seems like let's figure out ways to push people's buttons to get them to react in certain ways. Well, listen, I, I think we all have a little bit of fun with that. I mean, I, I, I did that as sort of, a, you know, a, a pretty solid internet troll myself. But 
But the reality is you have to do those things. You have to call out the nonsense, right? And and they do that. They, they expose themselves, you know. Uh, you know, Ron DeSantis, you know, for you know, the last year that he's been campaigning, you know, had an online influencer crowd that I think probably destroyed his campaign in the end. But he was attacking Trump via them months before Trump even acknowledged it, when he was still pretending that he wasn't running and when he was on the longest book tour in the history of book tours, you know, and then having them and him and Nikki Haley, like two just very ill authentic, uh, non-authentic individuals, uh, you know, sort of fight it out amongst themselves. I think there's a lot. And once people saw that, they realized it's like, oh, like neither of these people is what we were told or neither of these people fulfill the image that was created by their influencers uh, over time. And, uh, you know, it, you hate to see it happen, but uh, I'm glad it happened early. So you were at one of the caucus sites and kind of, I don't know how you want, I'll let you phrase it, but you you took Nikki Haley on directly. Talk to me about what you, was that planned? What did you yeah. say? How did you? I, I imagine they wouldn't have put her, her campaign wouldn't have put her at a caucus location if she knew I was going to be speaking right after her because I could do that. Uh, you know, I, she hid backstage. I sat there in in the middle of the people for 20 minutes before it all started, did a whole press charrette for, you know, again, 20, 25 minutes, uh, took every question, answered them all. You know, she comes in from backstage, runs, delivers a canned speech, runs out of the room, doesn't take any questions from the press, you know, and hides because that's the reality. But then I listened to her speech and I had the opportunity to respond. And when I did, I called out all the nonsense, the, you know, the, the policies of, you know, never ending war and all of the things the Republican Party wants to get away from watching all of the Democrats on CNN saying they're switching party affiliations for 12 hours so that they can vote for Nikki Haley. Like, this isn't someone a conservative would want. This isn't someone who's America first. It's exactly the opposite. Biden mega donors, Democrat mega donors are donating to Hillary Clinton or Nikki Haley, which is basically the same thing. It's Hillary Clinton dropping up as a conservative for Halloween. You know, the press reluctantly had to report that I got overwhelming, uh, overwhelmingly better applause at the end of my <laughs> speech than at the end of hers, because people understand real and genuine. I don't you know, I don't have a canned written out speech. I get up there. I feel out the crowd. I'll respond to them and go from there. And, you know, that was palpable. And so uh, I, I think it was it was pretty powerful. Yeah, no, it, it got a lot of attention. And I think to your point, uh, it, it got called out. Vivek dropped out that night. He showed up in New Hampshire campaign with your dad. I saw you put out a tweet thanking him. Um, let me ask you this. I had Jack Pasebic on the show the other day. We were talking about this dynamic of, of people getting on the Trump train, if you will. And it's a little different than 2015, I think, for kind of the point that you made earlier. It was new, it was different. People didn't know what they were buying into. Your dad hadn't been in politics. This time, I think you're seeing people recognize that it's over. It's, you know... Um, and and it's and it's almost like um, like they 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 want to come back and say I made a mistake I dated somebody else but I still love you. Um, I I was asking Jack this. My opinion has always been politics is a, is a game of addition, and yeah. and so how do you welcome or not people who said I was with DeSantis I was with Nikki or or maybe I just I was critical of your dad but I get it and I yeah I want to come back. Hey, listen, I, I'm fine with that. I mean, I think there are people that took it too far. You know, there okay. are people that just, you know, they, and I know a lot of these, especially, you know, some of the pure influencer base, because I probably helped create most of them, you know what I mean? Or, or, you know, boosted them for years. And then all of a sudden, you know, they're getting, you know, a thousand bucks a month from a campaign. And then they, you know, but there is sort of a line, uh, you know, most of the people, 
handled it well. And by the way, that's the nature of our side. We should be able to have these, uh, you know, uh, differences and then come together, figure it out, because we all want to probably get generally to the same place. There's others that just tried making it personal and tried being vicious and this. So, you know, uh, the 99 percent, they'll come back. And guess what? The other one percent, if they're actually Republicans, they're still going to vote for Trump. Uh, but but there was a little bit of a lesson in terms of uh, who's an actual friend uh, and, yeah. and who crossed that line of like, we just have political differences, but we still get along. There are plenty of people that are, you know, DeSantis folks that, yeah, hey, we text back and forth. They're still friends or, you know, we agree to disagree. Uh, but but they're always maintained that boundary of civility. There's others that took it too far that I just think they're genuinely bad people. Is there anyone that you would like to maybe name that's no, a bad person? I, no, they're they're dead to me. I wouldn't I wouldn't give them the credit. I wouldn't get them the attention at all if I uh, so. Okay. Just, I just never to be heard from again. Hey, are you a professional that's running a small business, or maybe you know that person? Well, I've got an exciting, exciting new offer for you. It's called Ramp, and it will maximize productivity and cut wasteful spending from your business. Ramp is the corporate card and spend management software designed to save you money and put money back in the pocket of your company. Ramp gives finance teams unprecedented control and insight into spending money. It can add restrictions, limits, all those things that you want. It's a physical credit card that you get to give employees that you don't have to worry about because you know where they can spend, how much they can spend. It's fantastic. Ramp saves you money. And here's the thing. Businesses that start with Ramp save on average 5% the first month. Who doesn't like that? It's easy to use. It's easy to get started. They issue virtual and physical credit cards, and you can start making payments in less than 15 minutes. Whether you have five employees or 5,000, Ramp is going to save you time and money. But here is the kicker. Whether you're that person or you know the person, if you go to ramp.com slash Spicer, you get 250 bucks just for signing up. 250 bucks in your pocket. That's why you are gonna go to ramp.com slash Spicer right now and sign up. By the way, cards are issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. So what do you think the role right now? There's a lot of people asking what the role of a vague that, you know, he was only trying to be Trump's VP. He really didn't. And, and I don't I don't necessarily agree with that. But what do you see the role of a vague being going forward? Well, listen, he's going to be on my podcast tomorrow. Uh, so we're, we're going to do that tomorrow at 6 p.m. on Rumble. So uh, you, you, we will ask. I think he's done a great job of actually combating uh, the hostile media. He understands the notion of tech and how that's manipulated. Uh, I think he's done well, you know, sort of embracing a, a younger generation. And I think just understanding that, I think he has a long way to go. I always said this, uh, you know, about Vivek on, even on my podcast, when they're asked, you know, people, do we trust him? Do we not? It's like, I don't know. I, I love what he's saying. I think other than my father, the things that he's saying out there was all, like significantly, he's just got a much better presence than, you know, Iran, who's, you know, very like robotic and not natural, you know. I would like to have a beer with you people because a polling location told me that's what I should do to be likable. And Nikki Haley's just, you know, was created in a lab by, you know, neocon warmongers. And so, uh, you know, Vivek has that natural appeal. He's really good at that. I always said, though, I don't know because I don't know where he was in 16 or 18 or 20 or even really 22. Now he's a business guy. So were we. Right. We I was going to say it's a very similar story. Pricing. I'm not holding that. I never. I didn't hold it against him. I just don't know. Some of this stuff is based on trust, and you need a little bit of that that runway, right? That uh, track record of standing up for these things. But I, you know, I love the way he's handling the media. I love the way he's looking at these things. So, you know, 
there, there's definitely a role now and probably later, uh, you know, as well. And listen, I'd love to see Vivek in there blowing up some of these corrupted institutions with government, because I think he'd actually do an awesome job at that. Uh, so, you know, I don't yet know, but I, th I think it'll be fun. And we'll, you know, I'll get into it with him tomorrow quite a bit. So if your dad said, hey, Don, you had him on your podcast. Uh, you've talked to him a few times. What do you think of him as a VP? What do you think? Listen, you know, we we have to see, right? You you you've been there, right? There's all <laughs> an evolutionary process in a lot of these things, but I mean, that would definitely be a consideration. I mean, that would that would definitely be someone that that's on the list. And then, you know, to your point about addition earlier, sometimes, yeah, you you have someone who's, you know, hey, they they get you something in politics, right? The, I don't know that the VPs ever really probably all have a different in terms of a presidential election. Uh, I'd love to see them in some sort of agency position or the head of something to be able right. to, again, clean out the trash that needs to be taken out in Washington, D.C. But yes, that could be a role that you could do as vice president and be quite useful. So, you know, it would certainly be a consideration. I, conversely, it was interesting. You've been very clear. If, if your dad called you and said, what do you think about Nikki Haley? And I'm not going to put words in your mouth. But what I've heard you say uh, is you would be very much like, Dad, we need to talk. I can't let you do this. Uh, I, I don't, I'll, I'll let you speak for yourself on this. Do you, so is she a non-starter as far as you're concerned? Uh, you know, I, I, it's not my decision, but I don't think, uh, you know, this is not someone you need on there. I think the, you, you've seen the backstabbing going on. Can you imagine that team propped up by the Democrats, backstabbing, questioning, leaking everything forever? I just don't think it could actually work. And so right. I, I, I don't think it's an issue anymore, frankly. So it, 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 I don't know that it ever was, really. Uh, I, I, I can, I, you know, when, when the DeSantis influencers start pushing stuff like it's real, you know, it's just, you know, part of the psyop. So I never really bought into it all that much anyway. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, that, that would be someone I'd be very vocally against. And that's just based on everything she's done. I, I, I She didn't want to stay in the cabinet to begin with in the first place. I don't know why she'd want to be vice president. And I think to your point, she it, it's not like I don't see the qualities that your dad's looking for as things that. Yeah, they, I, I think the backstabbing that would come from that, you know, that that that's the ones that the rhinos, uh, you know, they they would try to make sure, you know, all of the rhinos in the Senate would vote to impeach Donald Trump on day one for no reason, just to put her in there and plant <laughs> their own puppet in there. So I don't think we need that. So let me, can I, if I, can I just, I want to play the game a little. I had Steve Bannon on a little while ago. I've had so, but look, I love this because everyone wants to know the thinking of this. I believe that your dad is, he, he gets, he understands imagery, uh, people message better than anybody. And I think he understands that having a woman would be huge to uh, present to the American people and pick up a lot of demographics. Okay. Do you share that view or not? Yes, I think it's helpful. I think we always do pretty badly when we start using identity politics to make right. our decisions just to check a box. Uh, you know, I, I don't think it's something that actually works. I think it's something that, you know, certain people want, but they're probably much more Democrat than, than us. And so I don't know that you're getting any of those people anyway. I would, I would, be much more in favor of competency uh, rather than checking a box. I mean, half my existence these days is calling out like the BS of DEI and all of this stuff. Because, you know, because, <laughs> hey, I'd like my pilot to be able to fly a plane, not someone who is chosen because, you know, they're they're purple and, you know, have uh, multiple reproductive organs. It, it's not what I'm into. So uh, I, I don't believe in it as a system. I think it's failed uh, corporate America. I think it continues to fail America. I think our Chinese uh, counterparts and enemies across the world love watching us do this thing. So I'd love not to implement it. Now, that's not saying that there's not countless competent uh, females 
or African-Americans or Hispanics that could take up any one of these positions. It's just, I don't want to make decisions solely on that because I think it's ridiculous. Right. Okay. Fair enough. But okay. So let's go down some of those competent women. I, I, I mean, I, my four that I think sort of fill out that if you're going down that road would be Christy Nome, Elise Stefanik, uh, Sarah, Sarah Huckabee Sanders and, and, uh, Marsha Blackburn. Anyone yeah. objectionable on that list? No, I don't think, I mean, you know, you can't anyone you want to add? There's, there's actually others I want to add, but I want to speak to my father, but like, you know, I could name a dozen, uh, you know, there, there's people that are, you know, doing great things in those things again, but I wouldn't be choosing them because they're a woman. I want to choose right. them because they're the best person for the role. Uh, you know, same thing, you know, with a cabinet, the same thing with, you know, uh, there, there's just so many, uh, great guys out there. I mean, if, if you talk about, you know, Byron Donalds and Wesley Hunt, you know, African-Americans that are just out there, just great conservatives. It's yep. just absolute killers, funny, brilliant, like, you know, but I'm not choosing because they're, I'm just picking them they're good at what they do and they're awesome. Correct. No, and I think that's the beauty of it is that when Joe Biden chose Kamala Harris, he said, I'm going to choose a black woman. Here's yep. the entire universe that consisted of. She was Whereas I think 1%, Sean. She, she, was, she right. was literally not going to come in the top five in the Democrat primary and she was going to be out. But, you know, she checked off a box. She can be multiple ethnicities and races to be able to check it off. And like they literally said, that's why they chose her. And now look, like honestly, it was probably the best decision Joe Biden ever made because it actually meant his position is totally safe. I because agree with the you. Democrats. Like even they are like, oh my god, she's terrible. Like the word salad conversation. Every like she's not given a speech that people aren't literally mocking. It's just another woke, ridiculous word salad. Uh, you know, diarrhea of the mouth. It's it's ridiculous. Uh, so you know maybe it was actually a good choice for him, even though you know I, I don't know that she's actually done anything uh, other than embarrass the administration and the Democrat Party. But they, they deserve some embarrassment given the shame they brought on this country. Yeah, it was the ultimate job security. People praying for Biden yeah. because they're like, that's next. Yeah. Let me ask you about the the, the media, right? Um, and and I, I 30 minutes after the Iowa caucuses, I tweeted out, this is ridiculous, that they were calling it over. And the reason I said that is because your dad was very clear the day before, you got to go out, you got to vote. And he's funny about it. He said, you know, even if you're dying, go do it. And my thought was, this is media, like people hadn't even given, I don't even know if you had given your speech uh, you know, uh, yeah, I think I, I was in the midst of giving my, you know, and uh, yeah, I get what you're saying a little bit, but it, we got to also remember it, this isn't like when they do it in Arizona and they're calling it before and people are voting like caucusing is different, right? You don't vote throughout the day where you, you, you right. show up at one time, you're basically in the room. So you're already there. So it, it's not like it was like, oh, well, I'm just not going to go vote because they're already there. So but, it, but, it, but it's if a I little ended, bit of I, a different situation. And it was just I, I, based on the entrance polling. And when the entrance polling was that much of a blowout, which basically, hey, we're calling this thing, but everyone's already in the rooms. I don't know that it actually dissuaded anyone. And frankly, you know, if, if they're calling it for Trump, that probably means the Trump people are actually more likely to be pushed. So who knows what actually happened with that? Uh, I, I, I don't think it actually changed anything. No, I don't think it. But I, but I, what I wonder is if I if I've driven to a caucus site and I know that I've got to listen to, you know, the the Trump person, the Haley person, the you know the Asa Hutchinson person, the Ryan Brinkley person, and I go, I got two kids at home that have homework, and I just got a push notification that says Trump won. Oh, okay, I can go home because he obviously oh, he's you, already, you, you, you are you're basically already in the room by the time it happened, right? So it, there right. was no more coming in. There was no more like, hey, I'm driving there now. I'm going to turn back around. Like you're already in the room now. Maybe you walk out of the room early because it's like, okay, well now now I'm done. But I think again, 
you, you're already captive. So it doesn't have the same effect. I agree. As, okay. You know, Arizona, uh, where they called it and it was, you know, 1500 votes over a state of million people. And, you know, there's litigation three years later that's still ongoing. This isn't exactly the same. It's, you know, it, no. it, it's not like this was even close, you know? Fair enough. But, but do you, are you concerned? Like, I, let's take it a step further. I was watching your dad's speech. I'm flipping around and I wanted to see how CNN covered it. So I flipped over there and he's halfway through thanking everybody. Here are my sons. Here's this great team. The attorney general of, of, of Iowa, I appreciate her. And all of a sudden Jake Tapper pulls out and says, well, we're not going to sit there and listen to anti-immigrant talk. Here he is right now under, under my voice. You hear him repeating his anti-immigrant rhetoric. Uh, I'm thinking, wait a second. That that's like he's literally trying to ex explain his campaign going forward. You don't want people to hear that message. I think CNN's afraid of that. Oh, 100 percent. They want because, like I said, regular people are getting it right. If if Jamie Dimon's getting it over at Davos at the World <laughs> Economic Forum, you know, yeah, listen, the policies were actually pretty good. That That's what they do. They're they're fear mongering these things. You know, Joy Reid, everything's racist. Right. Just I, hey, I want Americans <laughs> to succeed. Oh, my God, that's racist. It, it, it's. The gaslighting has gotten so ridiculous, so extreme. It's actually probably doing us a favor at this point because people, they, they, they get it now, right? Years, you know, 10 years ago, if they called you a racist, it was a real problem. Now it's like, it's the, the left's answer for everything. It's the political easy button of the radical left. Just, hey, you're, you're racist, you're transphobic, you're like, no, I'm just not seen. Like, it just, ah. Uh, they, they've overplayed their hand. And so that, I don't think it matters, but make no mistake. You know, Jake Tapper, who pushed Russia, 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 as though it was real for years. The other people who suppressed the Hunter Biden laptop, knowing it was real. The intelligence officials and agencies doing it like, you know, that's the left. Uh, you know, they, everyone's a fascist, except for the people actually trying to jail their political opponents. Uh, you know, what? Like, I don't understand. Uh, so, you know, I, I think people understand the lies. They're just, they're sort of over it. And, you know, I, I'm not too worried about it, but they're going to, make no mistake, they're going to do whatever they can to try to stop Trump from getting these things. It's why they're pushing the nonsense they do. I agree. All right, folks, I want to tell you about my friend, Leo Grillo. If you've been watching the show for a while, you know about Leo and all the great work that he does at Delta Rescue. You can go to deltarescue.org, take a look at the videos, an amazing, amazing, no kill sanctuary. Leo Grillo has made a life out of saving, protecting, nurturing abandoned animals, dogs, cats, you name it. Delta Rescue is a, a mission of his. It's a passion of his. Um, if you're an animal lover like me, if you've rescued dogs, if you've rescued cats, um, then you're going to want to check out the amazing work of Delta Rescue. You go to deltarescue.org, there's videos, there's testimonials. You can see what I'm talking about. It is the world's largest no-kill sanctuary. It's not a shelter. It's a sanctuary. This is where animals can live in perpetuity. They can get the nutrition they need, the care they need, the support they need. And it's all because Leo Grillo made it his lifelong mission. And it's only supported through donations like me and you, five, ten, a hundred dollars. But there's also a way that we can make this mission that Leo has created a lifelong one, an enduring one. And that's if we go to deltarescue.org and check out the estate kit that they put there. Download it, see if it works for you, if it could be part of your financial future planning. Go to deltarescue.org, hit that estate guide. Also think about a contribution. Help Leo Grillo and the great work that Delta Rescue does to take care of these abandoned animals. You know, you, you mentioned the Hunter Biden laptop. It was amazing this week. After all the crap that went 
you know, he de- he denied it. These 51 intelligence officers or officials said that it was Russian disinformation. The Department of Justice in an official filing said it was his laptop dropped off at a store in Delaware. I I want to just ask you this as a son, as as sort of the, the equivalent, right? There was nothing. I remember on a flight back um I think we we're coming back from Italy and it was like, Ron, uh, there's there's new reporting that Don had this meeting and da, 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 da. And everyone rushed to judgment and you were guilty until proven innocent over and over again in anything that you guys did, the business dealings that may or may not have continued. And yet here's Hunter Biden saying, I, I don't know if that's my laptop, maybe not. Um, I, I threw a gun away or in a, in a trash can that I lied on the form on, but it was near a school. Uh, I mean, over and over again. And I, I just... From a from your perspective, having been in a similar situation for four years, do you look at this stuff and say, like, you've got like how many times do you laugh or do you go, you gotta be kidding me? Well, I take it more personally because like for you know, for example, with the avoiding the congressional subpoenas, like I, I did 50 hours in front of five committees, you know, like you know what? Because I'm a man. Yeah. You're gonna you didn't realize it was optional. I'll go answer the questions. I'm not a 50-year-old baby like Hunter. Uh, <laughs> there's a difference. And so I, I went in there and did that, but yeah, it, I do take it a little bit more personally because Russia, Russia was literally a Democrat lie turned into the truth, you know, by the media and big tech as though it was real. We went in there, answered for all of those things. They drag it out for three years to try to hurt my father, the administration, and ultimately the American people. And this guy who's actually selling out to the Chinese and he's on every board, you know, they don't exactly invest in crackheads in China. That's not what they do. Uh, they're smarter than that. Uh, but, but yet Hunter Biden made millions. You know, you saw the art dealer. Oh no, Hunter never sold any art until his dad became president. And now, well, you know, it's like, yeah, well, no, once it's not president, we would never sell any more of his art. Like, it's all one big scam. If any one of these dozens of stories, any one of the things from the laptop, any one of the was Don Jr., not only would it be relevant, it would be impeachable and rightfully so. And yet, you know, they're pretending like these things didn't happen. And it's it, oh, he's 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 not involved in the administration. Well, I wasn't either. You know, I, I got dragged I, in by, by, by those people and I still held up to it. I, I, I went after, I fought back. Uh, you know, he's hiding and they're using the DOJ as his cover. Uh, it's a little different. If, if, they, if Hunter was held to the Don Jr. standard, he'd be in Gitmo right now. <laughs> That's, you know, it's, it, I, like I said, sometimes I have to laugh at this stuff because I cannot believe, I mean, you've got Hunter, I've got cringe on Pierre where I look sometimes and go, you've got to be kidding me. If I could have gotten away with that, uh, yeah. I, it would have been amazing, but the thing that's yeah, we're, fascinating. You're just, you're just, we're just not going to talk about that. Oh, we're like, oh, okay, like uh, next, and the, you know, everyone in the okay, whatever you say, we will do your exactly. bidding. Give, give us the lying talking points so that we can spread the propaganda out there. It's it's insane. Um, I, I so you guys built this company, and you've got golf courses, hotels, all these other iconic properties. Um, I get a kick out of this case in New York where they're trying to, to find you and to put you guys out of business. If it was, this goes back to the same principle that I was asking about Hunter, like it's laughable, but it's actually happening. How concerned are you guys about what you've built and, and what New York and Tish James is trying to do? Well, let's, so, you know, you're it, extortion record, right? They're just going to find you for this. It doesn't matter. We don't need a jury. We're just going to decide. We're not the, the, the supposed victim is a bank that testified on our behalf that like, what are you talking about? They were an incredible client. They paid all their stuff back, right? We we wanted to do more business with them, not less. No, you are a victim. And we're going to take, you know, $500 million for Trump. And, you know, but when it's set up, the same thing with with all of them, right? They're, they're jury picking, right? They're, 
in Atlanta, right? Fannie Willis, you know, she can pay her boyfriend to be the DA and he's, he's never tried, you know, a case criminally, but we'll do that. And he'll take me on lavish vacations after I spend, you know, three quarters of a million dollars uh, of Georgia taxpayer money. We will choose the Florida case jury uh, and do the indictments in DC where we can stack it together. Like everyone sees that it's all nonsense. I mean, play the Gene Carroll, like TV clips. That's her on TV, like trying to be not insane and polished and stuff like that. Like, Imagine what she's really like, um, but it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because they choose and you're not allowed to show those videos to the jury because the fact that they'd probably come to the conclusion that she's nuts, you know, it would be debilitating to the Democrat, uh, you know, campaign contribution that all these liberal judges are making. So, you know, it's so ridiculous. I, th I think people are seeing through it. I, I hope they do. Uh, I think they'd actually been much more effective if they picked one real thing and actually tried to focus on it. But when it's like, hey, like all this nonsense, magically, years later, like, you know, no one actually filed a complaint in the New York right. one. Like, no well, victim. On no behalf victim. of the banks who got paid back and never missed a payment, who are actually going to testify on your behalf, uh, we're going to sue you anyway for, you know, a billion dollars and try to get you to never stop doing, to stop doing business in New York. And it, it's, these are Gestapo tactics. These are fascist dictatorships, but in New York City, guess what? That's what happens in a place like that. If even uh, New York's not even a jury, maybe one of them is. But how do you get a fair jury? A, they're ninety nine percent hate your guts politically, and B, if you're the one conservative, you know, on the jury, you, you could never go back to you couldn't go to your kids' schools again if you were the person that let Trump go and like. They're, well, it's just easier to throw them under the bus because our life's easy. None of it's just—it's not designed to be fair. But, but let me get back to the question. Are you concerned about what you guys built? Uh, I mean, I get it. I look at this and I'm like, this is insane. There is no victim. The banks are testifying on your behalf, as you put it, because they got paid back. They made their money. There's, But at the end of the day, and you're right, the, you've got a, a jury pool that's against you. But I would still look and say, after all that you guys have built, do you sit back as as the son, as an EVP of the Trump organization, concerned that, that this DA... Uh, excuse me, the attorney general is trying to, to make it all go away. Listen, I, you know, I, I'm concerned because it's big numbers, right? It, you know, we'll figure out, we will survive. We'll, but it's it, it's literally just an extortion racket. And and that's the cost of, you know, being vocal in politics. My father's willing to pay that price because he's fighting for things that are far more important than just money. I mean, this is, you know, everything's on the line in this. You see what these people are trying to do to our country. You see what they're doing on a daily basis. You see the lives that you're being fed. You see the suppression of anyone who stands up against that. Uh, you know, that's actually worth fighting for. When you look at what's going on in Canada, when you look at what's going on in the UK, where they'll jail, jail you for two years for misgendering someone. When you see, you know, what they did in New Zealand and Australia and the lockdowns, like, you're like, wait a minute, like we're the last bastion of, of some of this stuff. And, and so much of it as is actually at risk. Uh, so, you know, we're going to keep fighting and we're going to keep going. But yeah, listen, it's, you know, not a lot of businesses can say, oh, yeah, just, you know, what's half a billion dollars? Just write a check to, you know, a corrupt DA. Like, it's not easy. It sucks. But, you know, we, we got to keep fighting. So after you left, uh, you you were, there was a lot of talk when your father first got elected in New York about Don Jr. potentially running for office, governor, all this. You obviously decamped to Florida. Has that changed your mind about running? I mean, obviously a much friendlier territory to, to be in Florida. Has that changed any of your thinking about entering politics or, or well, I'm, you might... I'm already in politics, whether we like it or not. You know, yeah. Yeah, How about like, this running, putting your name yeah, on a ballot? Actually running. 
you know, it, not so much. Uh, you know, you got to want the day job too. I sort of like doing the stuff that most of the Republicans are bad at, which is actually like fighting and like, you know, get, getting after it and falling out the nonsense. Everyone else is easier to roll over and die. But you also got to want the day job and actually have to deal with some of those things. So, you know, maybe one day I never want to turn it down. I'd never say no. Uh, and, you know, man, you look at the way we're going, maybe someone you actually need that person who's actually willing to fight that way, uh, you know, doing that. In the meantime, I'm going to focus on helping those uh, whether it's my father or others who actually will fight, uh, you know, to get into office, I'm going to stay in the game one way or the other, but actually doing it myself, I, I won't say no, but, uh, you know, you never know. So, so Don, when you got into this in 2015, you were obviously a huge surrogate and helps your father in the campaign. You come out of this on the other end, you've got this very successful show on Rumble called Triggered. You've published books. Now you've got winning, winning books. You've got a, a publication site. You've got a news aggregating site. Like, how has this whole experience, you came into this as a business guy, right? You built things and now you've kind of really built a ton of other things. What is, what has this experience done for you as a business person? And what do you now from, from, a you know, enjoying business standpoint, enjoy now? Like, I mean, is it still, yeah. I'm spending X amount of time on the Trump organization or, or what it, where's, what is, what yeah, is it well, that you've now evolved into? It, it's a little mix. I mean, I think I've just seen how uh, penalizing uh, you know, corporate America has frankly been uh, you know, to the people and to patriots and people who believe the stuff that you and I believe. And so I wanted to make sure we did that. The publishing company started because I, I saw guys, congressmen and stuff like that. They were like, they were writing a book and they they got paid an upfront and the publishing company is like, ah, that's too conservative. We're just, we're going to keep them. We, we're going to keep the book, but we're never going to publish it. Keep your money, be, be gone. I mean, they were literally out there censoring people. So I was like, well, I got to create something. You know, I had some successful books of my own. I was like, we, we got to give something and someone a venue to be able to get this message out. Uh, what I'm doing with Public Square, you know, just linking like-minded patriots so that like if you want to spend your hard-earned dollars somewhere, uh, you're not giving it to woke corporate who's going to literally be donating to money to the people and to the causes that would put you in the gulags. That's a big deal. But, you know, you're not going to get that on Amazon. So, you know, I met with Michael Seifert from Public Square. And I was like, hey, these are the guys you got to talk to. You know, the network and... So now, I mean, it took them public on the New York Stock Exchange. It just sort of yeah. snowballed because there's a lot of people. But we all have to, we have to like vote with our wallets. Uh, not just vote in elections, but we have to vote with our wallets. We have to stop giving the corporate America, you know, the companies that hate your guts, your money. Find that small business. That was a big part of public square. Like just sending people to small businesses so they can find out who shares their values. You know, put that person's kid through like, hockey practice or whatever it is, as opposed to, you know, giving it to some billionaire, uh, you know, tech enterprise, uh, you know, it, so it's just a passion project for me. I mean, I guess it's still political. It's not even business. I just believe in these things. I didn't need this crap. I could have stayed silent. I could have been a New York guy. I, you know, I could have, hey, if I wanted to make money, I would have come out against my father in 2016. And <laughs> it used as the, the ultimate weapon of the radical left. But I actually believe in these things. Uh, but I do also have the business background and experience to be able to help these other guys get to that level so that we can, you know, not to overuse a cliche, but like kind of essentially service the patriots of America, you know, the, the patriot economy, let them understand there are others like you, there are people out there. So, you know, that's really what I've been so focused on uh, right now, because I think, you know, beyond just voting and winning elections, you, you take away the purse, uh, you know, no different than Congress, right? If you, you, you take away the purse from those, you know, mega, you know, trillion dollar entities that we are literally fighting against on a daily basis, they're going to be a lot less uh, apt to go after you. They're going to be a lot less apt to just say, hey, we're, you know, we're monitoring your bank account. We're just going to shut you down. We're, you know, we're not going to, 
it, what, the stuff that's going on, I mean, it, it's this is communist China level stuff. It is happening here in America. And so uh, that's a big part of my stuff. I, I almost look at it like the politics because I understand how important the money factor is in politics. You pull that money when there's one guy, Donald Trump, out there by himself taking all the slings and arrows. They can cancel that person. They did that. You saw that. You were there. Yeah. You know, 175 million Americans, half the country, you know, band together and say enough is enough. That's that's compelling. You know, yep. that's why, you know, that's why I'm on Rumble and not elsewhere. I got I turned down, you know, major TV things that they're like, well, you do that for a problem. Well, I have probably a lot more money. But no, because I know the second I stop saying the narrative, even, you know, sort of the, you know, uh, corporate conservative side that's not exactly conservative, but pretend to be, you know, if I'm not going with the gospel, they'll throw me out uh, on my butt in two seconds. And I'm not willing to, uh, you know, bastardize my standards for that. I'm going to say what I want. That's why I'm on rumble. So, you know, there are venues out there. We just got to expose the American public to that. Once they see that, once they start supporting it, uh, that voting with your wallet is a big aspect to, to turn the things around in our country that really need turning around. All right, Don, thanks for all your time today. I really appreciate it. Best of luck on the campaign trail in New Hampshire. Thank you very much, Don. Good to be yeah. with you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. I actually want to pick up where he ended. Um, and I, it was interesting because he's, it was, I, I've never asked him about it. And, and he was talking about this idea that he could have gone to a lot of places, I'm sure, in terms of like either, you know, some conservative TV network or whatever, but you're constantly walking a minefield. Um, and we've talked about this when I launched the show, having an independent show where you are dependent on people like you and sponsors that have been great for the show gives me the freedom to have the guests on the topics. I don't have to worry about canceled being canceled. We're on YouTube and we're on rumble. We're on Apple. We're on Spotify. We're going to get that message out. I mean, we're, so if you want to watch us on rumble, watch us there. If you want to watch us on the first every night at seven o'clock, watch us there. But that's the beautiful thing about this. I'm not worried about some corporate overlord coming down from HR or the council's office to tell me I can't talk about this or I have to talk about that or I can't have that guest. Don's absolutely right. Think about what he's done with Public Square and Kimberly, by the way, was apparently also involved in that. But this is giving us a marketplace. We don't like what's happening at you know, Nike. Don't go, don't go buy them. Buy shoes that aren't done. Don't go to Target. Check out all the stuff at Public Square. They're not a sponsor of the show. I hope they will be at some point. But he's right. You can go buy products that are in line with your values. You hear about things that I agree with all the time. All the sponsors on the show are products that I use, people that I've talked to. Um, and they're for a reason. They believe in the values of this. And that's why I, I really appreciate if you, um, if you use them, if you support them, because we're building this. And I, I think he's right. He, you, can, you can create platforms and things where we don't have to worry about being canceled and we can do this. That's what they, they you know, President Trump did with True Social. It's a hedge up until Elon bought Twitter. It's a place that you could go and know that you couldn't get canceled. I also thought it was interesting. I mean, just how he's viewing all of the things that are going on with the cases. I mean, it's true. Think about this. So he's built, whether you like the Trump, you know, family or Donald Trump himself or not, they built all these buildings, these golf courses, they they rescued that ice rink. And and here we have by any account, this would be considered weaponizing the, the, the justice system. What she is doing, it's, it doesn't make any sense. There is no victim. And they're going to undo this with a massive fine. You know who's going to get hurt? The employees of the Trump organization. People go to work every day. It's amazing that this is happening. Um, 
I want to just real quick, obviously thank Don for his time, but next week we're going to head into New Hampshire. It's Tuesday night. 22 delegates are at stake. Um, I don't think it's going to matter, but one of the big differences, and I've been talking about this before in New Hampshire, they have a 10% threshold. If you don't get 10%, you get nothing. Now, that's probably, that might make a difference for Ron DeSantis. Right now, he's not getting, he's not there. Uh, so that would be kind of interesting that unlike Iowa, there is a threshold. If you don't get 10%, you get nothing. So we're going to have a lot to talk about as we get ready. We're going to have some um, about New Hampshire experts on the show. We're going to break down the system where we are. And then frankly, after you leave New Hampshire, you're, you're going into uh, February. Eighth is when Nevada, see, I'm getting that right. And the Virgin Islands, 30 delegates will be at stake on the eighth. And then we have to wait for the 24th. The 24th, of February, a month later, we hit South Carolina where 50 delegates are at stake. I doubt DeSantis or Haley even make it that far, but we will break it all down for you next week. I appreciate you being with us and joining us through this journey. Continue to share, subscribe. Even if you're listening on the first or on YouTube or Rumble, please go to Apple Podcasts and subscribe and hit that notification button and rate us five stars. It helps us a ton. So please just do that. Just because it's the weekend and you need something to do and you want to help us. I appreciate all your support. Feel free to join our VIP community. We have talks every week. SeanSpicerShow.com slash VIP. Have a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday.